Hey, I'm Kelsey Zeiser. Welcome to What's the Story, a short podcast from Light Reading, where we take a step back from the most significant topics in telecom to tell you the latest news, how we got here, what it all means, and what to expect next. This is a special edition of What's the Story, where we give you an inside look into Light Reading's Leading Lights Awards finalists. Today, I'm talking with Mike Dano and Jeff Baumgartner about the award categories that they reviewed. They discuss trends in artificial intelligence, private wireless and 5G networks, broadband access technology, IoT use cases, and more. Hey, Mike, welcome to What's the Story? The Leading Lights Finalist Edition. Hi, Kelsey. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we were out of music budget, so I had to make my own. Oh, no. Yeah, I think it's way better. Okay, cool. Uh, that should be your moonlight career. Your uh, side yeah, I'll have side. a side, a little side job. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this year for the Leading Lights Awards, uh, you reviewed about four categories on um, innovative five G core deployment, outstanding use case for network edge, for AI and machine learning, and then also wireless technology vendor of the year. Yes. Yes, I did. I did all of those. You're right. All of them. Uh-huh. Working hard. So yep. what did what did you uh, learn uh, across what those uh, categories? Were there any trends that um, that you noticed either you know within those categories or that kind of crossed over into a couple? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was like almost a total of fifty entries across those four different categories. So it was a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on, and some some were really 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 interesting and really good, and you know others were just. Uh, laughably bad so you know it was a it was a regular light uh leading lights you know as they go um but i guess i think i'll start with uh the core category first um there was there was some interesting stuff going on in that category but um i think uh i guess like i'd, I'd point out two two of the entries that really brought to mind why this category is here and why it's interesting. One of them, you know, it talked about um, using uh, artificial intelligence to to improve the core so that the the signaling load and the and the the paging and signaling operations were they went more smoothly and there were less of them and so the network was more efficient. Um, and so that and that was a function inside of the core. So like I thought that was Pretty interesting. And then there was another one that talked about um, using a core network to integrate uh, both terrestrial and satellite operations. Um, and not only that, but it was for a, a military uh, deployment. Um, so, like, I guess my takeaway from the core using those as an example is that, like, there's a lot of really interesting innovations happening in the core. And it goes, it goes all the way from paging and signaling to satellites and military. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, there's a lot, there's a lot happening there mm-hmm. um, in terms of yeah. core innovations this year. So I guess that was, that was my big takeaway from, from that category. Yeah. Always good to hear about, uh, you know, making things uh, work more efficiently. Uh, you know, you mentioned with the, the building in the AI and uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll hear a lot more. Yes. <laughs> about AI. That was one of the, and, and that was another example is like, a lot of the core deployments had 
uh, elements of other technologies in there because you know everything is funneled or most things are funneled through there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what what else did you notice? Sure. Uh, so moving on to the edge category and edge computing, I mean, I think that uh, edge computing and and uh, uh, you know that that whole concept is still just a very big concept that. <clears throat> excuse me that it's a very big concept that that just goes all over the place and it's it's really hard to nail down because once you start talking about edge you're basically talking about practically everything and so that was certainly reflected um in the entries that that we got for edge i mean you know you had everything from um using edge so deploying stuff onto the edge so that roaming uh, you could get more high-quality roaming services, so that was one thing. And then there was another one that talked about um, Edge in terms of using it to deploy services closer to a mining operation for like a private wireless enterprise type thing. So, you know, again, there was some interesting I- entries in the Edge category, but um, it really is—it's just all over the place. And so I think. That's actually a sign that the the whole edge concept is is still in a state of maturing. I think that's why you're seeing that is that you know you, it's a it's a tool, but it's a, it's like a it's like a screwdriver. You can practically use it anywhere, mm-hmm. whereas you know um, uh, a spark plug wrench is only for spark plugs, and so you know, <laughs> you get very specific things there. But you know, a screwdriver you can use practically anywhere, right? Yeah, uh, I feel like mining that particular sector is, is sort of having its day in the sun between edge computing and then also um, private networks. It, if I feel like it gets brought up a lot in yeah. uh, private network use cases. So it's very interesting. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, so that was interesting. And I, and I actually think the same is kind of true with the AI category. And that was we saw tons of entries in the AI category. I don't think that's a surprise to anyone. I mean, that's right. That's the hot new thing right now. But it, it's the same thing. It's like AI is a technology that you can use to apply to a lot of different things. So the entries were all over the place. And the way that I handled that was that I I just decided anything that uses AI in customer service in terms of, you know, responding to customer complaints or making information more available through customer service, like I just consider that table stakes. <laughs> like if if companies are not doing that yet, they're going to do it soon. And so pretty much all the entries that dealt with artificial intelligence and customer service, I, I, I basically ignored because I think that's, you know, that's the obvious, that's the obvious deployment of that technology. But we had Mm -hmm. a lot of other entries that, that had nothing to do with customer service. And actually many of them were talking about applying AI into network operations. And so like, you know, some of them were, talking about using AI to make Wi-Fi connections more efficient or to reduce the number of, you know, connection drops or, you know, to make a, um, uh, to reduce the number of trouble tickets inside of a network operation. So like that I think is, is interesting. And that's, I think a little bit more unexplored and that there's a lot more that can be done in that area. So I, I, that was my takeaway was that there's, there's a lot of, Stuff, AI stuff going into the network and and it's and we're just in the early days of that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think um, that's probably uh, getting into some of the more complicated use cases of uh, making AI work for network operations. Um, 
you know, recently I was at the VMware Explorer event and they were talking mm -hmm. about the importance of privacy of data and, you know, making sure that you have, um, you know, approval from your customers to use certain data. And then, you know, there's also human biases that impact the AI model. So it's pretty complicated and getting an accurate model can also yeah. be an issue as we've seen with some of the, um, uh, you know, things that chat GPT is, has generated are, are not always accurate. So, yeah. Yeah. It's early days, I think for all that stuff and it, presumably it will get better, but probably will take a little bit longer than everybody expects. Yeah. And I don't, I don't love the AI chatbots either. They're usually, oh. I'm just like representative. <laughs> like, oh, no. Talk to someone. By the, by the time I've gotten to the chat, I've already, you know, read through all their support documents that would be relevant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But maybe another not reason I did that, that is that, I mean, if you're an actual human being, you don't want, typically you don't want to do, you don't want to do those. No, the early, the early, I, I feel like a lot of them are just like, awful. have you read this? Like, yeah, I read it. It's like when you talk to IT and you tell them, okay, I've already done, I've restarted my computer already. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let's, let's move on from that. Yeah, but Kelsey, did you restart your computer though? If you want to... I did. Okay. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> uh, so just to wrap up, Mike, was there anything else um, that you noticed or, or wanted to point out um, as you were? Yeah, I mean, I, the, one of the last categories I got to do was vendor of the year. Um, and so that was an interesting, that's always an interesting category, but, um, I thought that and there that was for wireless technology vendor of the year, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so there was some really interesting entries in that. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I came away with a couple of conclusions for that too. So some of the entries actually talked about, you know, the company's culture and I, I actually thought that was interesting. I, you know, that does sound just like buzzword nonsense, but but I think it's true. Like if you, you know, if you're looking for a, a, a vendor of the year type entry, like I think that culture is something that you can discuss. It's a really hard thing to measure, but I thought that was interesting that some of the entries had that in there and that that's, you know, certainly a way to evaluate a company, not just by its products, but by the, how it conducts itself with its employees and in the wider market and that kind of stuff. Um, and there was other entries that talked about the breadth of stuff that the company does. And I think that was pretty compelling too. I mean, if you're do, if you're deploying fiber and private wireless networks and small cells and whatever, like that's that's pretty interesting. Um, but the one I did not, uh, I was not very interested in was the company that does Wi-Fi. I mean, we're all using Wi-Fi. There's nothing wrong with Wi-Fi. It's a great technology. Um, but in I feel like in this day and age, like you have to be doing more than just deploying Wi-Fi networks. There's got to be something else there. Uh, that that does not make a vendor of the year in my mind. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that's a really good point. And it, yeah. plus, at this point, uh, you know, I'll, with so much talk about private networks, there's discussion of moving away from Wi-Fi and and reliance right. on private five G. So um, maybe it's had its day in the sun. We'll see. Uh, I mean, Wi-Fi is always going to be important, but I think we're like, yeah, I've been there, done that kind of thing. But there's right. There's there's more interesting <laughs> stuff going on elsewhere. Right. I, and I thought it was interesting you brought up uh, company culture, because that's certainly something that the telecom industry has is, been struggling with for the longest time is yes. improving its culture and being less siloed and, you know, moving faster. So that is interesting that they uh, brought that up as well. I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. 
Cool. Well, thanks, Mike. Um, this has been really interesting and uh, appreciate you going over um, some of these trends with us. Awesome. Thanks, Kelsey. Bye. Bye. Hey, Jeff. Welcome to What's the Story? The Leading Lights Awards Finalist Edition. Hey, Kelsey. Uh, thanks for the intro and the uh, uh, that explanation. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> so uh you had a couple categories to review this year tell us a little bit some of the yeah. highlights what were some um trends you notice yeah so i think um what i'll do i'll maybe just start on the the cable technology side i mean there were sure. some really good entries overall and i think if we look at the finalists i think four stood out this time around um and then yeah i'll get into the iot category and some of the others but uh uh, I thought on the cable side, there was quite a bit of focus on the evolution of the HFC network uh, toward a distributed access network and the aim toward the uh, the so-called 10G initiative that focuses on uh, multi-gigabit symmetrical speeds and low latencies and enhanced uh, security. Um, I thought there was a pretty good representation on the kinds of products and uh, systems that are going to help with that, including uh, remote FI devices that can uh, be dropped in uh, to certain existing nodes or maybe some new some new nodes. I mean, Vestima had a good example there. Um, and we're also seeing a lot of ramping up with uh, 1.8 gigahertz technologies as operators look to upgrade their networks to accommodate uh, more spectrum uh, for a future move to uh, DOCSIS 4.0. And, um, you know, as I looked at some of the individual ones there, uh, Technetics has kind of this interesting approach with this uh, one-touch platform that allows operators to move downstream and upstream splits around without uh, the need for diplex filters or echo cancellation or having to respace the uh, the amplifier, um, which is just a bunch, I know, a bunch of technical stuff, but the idea is uh, definitely uh, simple. The idea is to really simplify things and uh, uh, kind of a novel approach as cable operators think about their next uh, moves and then um, you know we got a little bit in the plant itself with using uh, some technologies that optimize how data is coming through the plant. Uh, Open Vault and their uh, dynamic health network was a pretty good example there, and um, and figured out a way to kind of get the most out of the existing uh, network. So that was kind of the uh, what we saw on the cable side. I did want to highlight a couple things in the uh, the IoT uh, use case category. Um, yeah, I was pretty impressed with the variety of the use cases that were there from uh, companies uh, such as uh, Machine Q, which is part of Comcast and uh, 60 Technologies and Mavenir and and the work there they've done with uh, uh, Deutsche uh, Telekom and, and then we had Singtel and Keysight. And, you know, if I had to boil it down, I thought it really showed that there's some very sizable and varied use cases out there for IoT, particularly on the um, the enterprise side. And definitely more so, I thought, just based on what we saw in the category compared to the, uh, the consumer side. And again, just from what we're able to kind of glean uh, from this year's uh, entries. So Yeah, that's, that's pretty yeah. interesting. I think... Um... You know, generally the the consumer side of IoT gets a lot of, uh, 
you know, coverage and, and that's probably what a lot of people are familiar with, but there are a lot of, uh, you know, interesting enterprise use cases out there. And, um, for your cable category, it sounds like, um, what stood out were the, the companies that are really focused on, um, simplifying their network operations and, and technology, and also, you know, making things a lot more, um, cost efficient. So that's good to hear. And all those upgrades. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Uh, which is uh, going to be a big focus here in the next, uh, the next few years. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah. And then um, they also spent a good deal of time sorting through the uh, kind of the sizable uh, broadband access solution care uh, category. And uh, a good deal was uh, focused in there was with PON and uh, 5G transport and maybe some work that, or definitely some work that's being done, uh, to converge those two sides. And uh, other than that, there was plenty of focus on uh, on PON technology uh, itself. You know, as operators and vendors start to look at ways to migrate to uh, next-gen technologies, maybe, you know, you don't need those today, but, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, work being done to prepare uh, the network for 25, 50, 100 gig PON, <laughs> gig PON platforms. Um, and then even on the you know, broadband access, so we did see some cable gear make its way into the category, particularly as um, cable operators start to migrate again to this DAA distributed access architecture that not only supports uh, DOCSIS, but also creates a way for operators to, uh, to extend PON off those nodes that are deployed toward the edges. Uh, so kind of more of a uh, agnostic uh, future where a cable operator is going to do DOCSIS, but they're also going to do uh, PON or, you know, fiber on demand is uh, an operator like Charter likes to refer it to. Um, and then the last category was um, home network intelligence. And uh, there's a lot of ways to go there, but um, a lot of the activity in the category that I saw was focused on uh, managing the home network with an emphasis on, uh, on Wi-Fi and managing the multitude of devices that are connecting into it. And, uh, you know, it's an intensely competitive area right now. So I think that the big challenge from my end of it was trying to figure out how these rivals are trying to separate themselves because there, there were some very good uh, good entries there. But another big area emerging there, and maybe this is one that's a little closer to your heart, Kelsey, and that is uh, security. And, uh, yes, and uh, you, you just love security, but the security <laughs> on the home network, I just want everything right? to be secure, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, and that, I mean, security yeah. on the home network, that's kind of interesting yeah. that that um, uh, came up. And I think that's probably, um, you know, in part maybe due to the pandemic and folks working from home more and, uh, you know, enterprises wanting to make sure that um, all that data that's now spread across the home network as well is, is secure. Was that something that kind of, Am, am I reading the crystal ball right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because, I mean, again, you know, a lot of it is about, hey, how do you manage the home Wi-Fi network and the devices that are hanging off of it and making sure that the devices are getting um, access to the best uh, Wi-Fi in the house or the best connectivity. Um, but again, yeah, I think about half, or not half, but about a third of the categories I thought were more, security oriented, we did see a little bit on how AI 
technology is getting woven into this, including uh, its use to help detect uh, threats that are being forced upon the, the home network. So, uh, so it was quite a bit to go through altogether. But I mean, those were you know a couple of the main things that came through on uh, on that category. Yeah. Sounds really interesting. Well, thanks for yeah. going over, over these with us. Um, Jeff, you had a very uh, varied <laughs> group. Very of, diverse. Uh, yeah. yeah, very diverse. <laughs> I was like, very varied. <laughs> What's your vector, Victor? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, diverse group of categories. So thanks for, for summing those up for us. Uh, appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, Kelsey. Thank you so much, Mike and Jeff, for taking the time to talk today. And thank you to our amazing producer, Pierre Landrio, for making this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more interviews and insights from the team. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.